Good morning. My name is Pastor Isaac, if uh, you are new here, and uh, uh, we have a new series that we're going to be starting this morning. Uh, It's going to be titled, Consider the Source, and it is going to take us all the way to Thanksgiving, and uh, today is part one of uh, that series, and uh, I'm I'm sure that by the end of it, you're going to be very thankful that God brought you uh, to this service. Um, Man, we were able to celebrate yesterday uh, my uh, grandfather's uh, homecoming to heaven. Um, he was 96 years old, lived an incredible life, and uh, I, I just feel so encouraged to be able to have such a great lineage that God has, has placed me in. Uh, Grandpa Dick, uh, we will miss you. Some of you may know him. Uh, he was here throughout the years, uh, but we had a very special homecoming for him yesterday. I uh, also have a, a special guest here this morning, uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, he is uh, running for uh, mayor of Neptune Township, and has been part of this church family for uh, for, for years. Uh, he's probably uh, been connected with our church um, almost his entire life. His mother is uh, Priscilla Lane. She's one of the ushers. You all know her. She always wears purple every Sunday. Uh, we love Priscilla up there, and, and that's that. That's his, his, his mom, and uh, I, I'm just so thankful that there is somebody who is uh, going to be in office that, that I personally know and trust uh, is a man of compassion, a man of integrity. He has poured so much into the Jersey Shore Dream Center. Uh, so many of the outreaches that we have done throughout Asbury and Neptune uh, were thanks to uh, what he poured into these outreaches. Uh, he did a diaper drive at Neptune Township, and they were able to raise, like, 25,000 diapers. It was unbelievable. And uh, I I just wanted to be able to have him stand and be recognized. Rob, if you just stand up, we're so thankful for you. Uh, What what are you doing? Wearing purple for his mom. That a boy. Good son. Good son, Rob. Yes. And and, uh, that is on Tuesday. I never do this. If you know me, I never do this. I never talk politics in church. uh, But this is somebody I know personally. And this is a man of integrity that I could put my stamp on. I know this man. I know where he came from. And he will do Neptune Township anywhere that he's working justice. So uh, please um, do your research. And on Tuesday, go out and uh, um, put Rob Lane as the new mayor of Neptune Township. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 1. We are going to be going throughout the Bible. Who's excited about that? We read the Bible at this church, if you don't know. We believe in the Bible. We believe that it's God's Word, and uh, we read it every single week. Um, so today, we're just going to be going through the whole thing. Uh, so here we go. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, you want to know what your source is? You want to know where you came from? Here it is. In the beginning, God. That's it. The original cause. You want to know how this all got started? In the beginning, God. You want to know why there's planets out there? In the beginning, God. And, and I know some people will say, you know, all these controversial things about this, that, science proves this. Well, you know what? Science is going to prove the fact that God is the original cause. And he is the one that got this whole thing started. He is our source. And when he speaks, things happen. When he speaks, he just has to say a word and things manifest. And we see that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then uh, just take you through a few verses here. Uh, verse 11, then God said, uh, let the land produce vegetation. Spoke to the land and seed bearing plants and trees were birthed on the land, bearing fruit 
with seeds in it according to their various kinds. And so it was. And then verse 20, God said, let the water teem with living creatures. Spoke to the water and fish manifested in the water. And let birds fly across the earth and, and through the sky. And then he had all this, but he created his greatest masterpiece, I believe, in verse 26. God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Consider the source. And the title of uh, this morning's sermon is going to be, Don't Forget Where You Came From. And a lot of times people don't want to hear that. Uh, I, people don't get excited over that. People get excited over the best is yet to come. I want to know where I'm going. I want a brighter future. I, I, I don't want to remember where I came from because it's, it's, it's a little crazy. It's a little dysfunctional. Uh, I don't want to uh, have to go back, but uh, I believe that in that, God has a message for us this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for that extra hour of sleep last night. I pray, Father, that today will be a very special day for all of us, Lord God, that this will be a day that we're going to be able to find a connection with you in a, in a new way, Father, a deeper way, Lord God, that we're going to be able to have a better understanding of why we are on planet Earth and why we are here and, and be have a better understanding of why we've gone through some of the struggles that we've gone through, Lord God. God, put the pieces together for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. don't forget where you came from. Or, or in other words, when, when somebody says that, you, you think, uh, um, don't get too big for your... That's right. That's a weird saying. You know, don't get too... I don't, I don't get it, but that's kind of what it implies, is, is, is when you get to a certain level, don't forget the little people, right? Like, like I told Rob, like, don't, don't forget where you came from. You know, when you get up to, to, to this level, don't forget the people that helped get you there. Don't forget the teachers. Don't forget the, uh, the, the pastors. Don't forget the friends. Don't be, forget the people who helped you get where you are. And when you get there, don't forget that. And, and it's so easy for us to do that uh, in our life. I was with Diamond the other day, and we were uh, uh, driving home from uh, Delaware from my, my grandfather's memorial service. And uh, I was telling her what I was going to preach on. And uh, she told me about this one time when uh, uh, she was kind of getting into it with one of the people she went through discipleship with. Uh, discipleship is, it was a recovery program Diamond went through, and there was a girl in that uh, program with her. And, and now they had graduated, but Diamond was a leader, and she was kind of like, like, like at a lower level. And Diamond was kind of giving her some leadership tips, trying to help her, trying to uh, correct her and some of the behavior that she had. And, and, and of course, the girl would always say, hey, don't forget where you came from. We're cut from the same cloth. And, and in our uh, walk with God, it is so important that we don't forget where we came from. I love the way the, the psalmist put it. Uh, David said it like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all thine benefits. He who forgives all my sins, who heals all my diseases, who redeems me up out of the pit, who crowns my life with compassion and kindness, and who gives me renewed strength like the eagle. Don't forget where you came from and, and remember what you've been through. Remember all that God has done for you. And what, what that does is it, it really does three things that I want to talk about today when you have that, that mentality where you consider your source and you don't forget where you came from. What that does, number one, it puts your situation in proper 
perspective. It puts your situation in proper perspective. If we want to know where we came from, we went to Genesis. Now we got to talk about Father Abraham. You know who Father Abraham is, Bruce? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them. And so were you. So let's just praise the Lord. All right. That's Father Abraham. Anybody want me to fill in some gaps for you on Father Abraham? All right. So Father Abraham, for the people in the back that don't know the song, didn't go to children's church, your bad boy back in the day, didn't listen to Miss Joyce teaching. Uh, this is who Father Abraham was. When Father Abraham was 75 years old, he was getting ready for retirement. He was doing very well for himself. He had, he had a lot of cattle. He had a lot of money. He had a lot of wealth. But the one thing that Father Abraham didn't have was he didn't have any kids, didn't have any kids. So God came to him in, in a vision one day and said, and said, Abraham, I want you to, to take your horse to the promised land, and I want you to ride till you can't no more. I want you to take your horse to the promised land. I want you to ride till you can't. Come on, help me out up here. I'm doing the best I can. And, and so Father, Father Abraham said, all right, I'm going to go out uh, into a land not knowing where I'm going. So Father Abraham, man of faith, goes out in the land not knowing, brings all his cattle. He brings all his servants. He brings all his, his businesses, and he's going out. And while he's out there, crazy stuff starts to happen. He, he, he meets an Egyptian uh, king that wants to sleep with his 90-year-old wife, and he got crazy in Egypt, but yet he was blessed through that. And then he had a separation with his brother Lot, Lot was separated from him. He had dysfunction in his family. And in that whole time, God comes to Abraham and says, I know that you're 90 years old, but you are going to have a baby. I'm not going to have a baby. And his wife, Sarah, in the background laughed. And God said, don't laugh, Sarah. Sarah said, I didn't laugh. And God said, I heard you laugh. I'm God. I see everything. Don't mess with me. And he said, you're going to have a baby. So Abraham said, okay, I'll have a baby. So five years go by, 10 years go by, 15 years go by, and still Abraham is still childless. And now he's getting a little frustrated. Anyone ever gotten frustrated with God because it's been a little while since you promised in that sermon, Pastor Isaac spoke a sermon, and I received this promise from God, and it's been three years, it's been five years, and I still feel the same way as I did before. Help me out, somebody. Yeah, a bunch of grumbling and complainers out there this morning. That's all right. God loves you anyhow. And, and so that's where Abraham is. And, and Abraham gets a word from the Lord. Abraham is, is in his tent, and, and God comes to him after these things. Those are the things I just mentioned. I wanted to make sure we're all on the same page. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. In other words, I am your source. I am where you came from. I am your gift. What a great uh, you know, word that, that God is my reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings? What can you give me since I remain childless? I mean, come on, Abram. Talk about a Debbie Downer. I, I mean, God's coming to you saying, I'm your reward. BTW only works with God. I tried it a few years back. I, I was early on in marriage, and uh, I, it was Christmas time, and I told Diamond, uh, you know, it, this was the, the day before Christmas. I said, honey, look, uh, this is what I want to do. I searched all across the malls and all the department stores at the Jersey Shore outlets, and I have found every single one of them wanting. So what I'm going to do for you for this Christmas is I'm going to wrap myself up in a bow. I'm going to put myself in a box, and you can open me up whenever you want, baby. <laughs> and you know what Diamond said, Ryan? said, shut up and go to the mall. That's what she said. 
get me something from Tiffany's. You know, and that's kind of what Abraham said to, to God. What good are all your rewards? What, what good are you, God? I, I, I need a baby. I, I, I need the, the stuff. And God says, all right, all right. Uh, I, I'm going to show you something. Because Abraham is a lot like us. Because I, I've, I've heard all the promises. I, I've heard all the prophecies. I've heard all the sermons. And one thing that life has taught me is talk is cheap. Don't tell me, show me. And it's been 10 years, and, and, and I feel like, God, you haven't shown me much in 10 years. I still feel like, like I'm in the same place as I was. You know, I, I, I still am, am feeling like, like my, my marriage is still, still, still struggling. My, my wife needs counseling, and my kids are crazy. My car needs brakes, and I don't know how to afford it, and my blood pressure is still high. God, what good are all your, your promises? Look at what I'm dealing with. Anyone ever said that to God, look, my life. And, and while Abraham is doing this, guess where he is? He's in his tent. He's in his tent. And he's telling God, look, don't say that to God, BT-dub. Because God is the ultimate looker. And if I was God in this situation, I would have taken Abraham's looker away and say, don't ever talk to me like that again, you little looker. You know? And, and so... But, but he doesn't do that because God is compassionate. God is full of grace. And so what God does to Abraham is he says, Abraham, you are so limited in your perspective. I want, you, I want to show you where you came from. And he takes him out of his tent. He's in his tent. And he says, I want you to go outside, verse 3 or 4. And I want you to go outside and look up at the stars and count them if you can. And Abraham looks and, no, I can't. That's right, you can't. But I can. I put him there. And if I'm the God that could fling those stars in the sky, then I'm the God that could give you a baby even though you're 95 years old. And this is back in the day with no blue pill, no cryo labs, and no in vitro fertilization. I am that kind of God. I put those stars in the sky. And so often the reason why your crisis looks so big is your perspective is so limited. You're looking at your problem through a tent. But God says, I want to pull you out of your tent and I want to show you who your source really is. I'm the God that put the stars in the sky. I'm the God that put the sand in the seashore. And I'm the God that can speak life into every dead situation. And in that moment when Abraham got his perspective shifted, he went back inside that tent and he still didn't have a baby. But do you know what he did have? He had a new perspective. And with new perspective comes new faith. And with new faith comes new hope to be able to keep going and chasing the promises that God put inside of your heart. And that's what some of us need this morning. We need a new perspective in our life. We need to come outside of our tent, outside of that place where our problems look so big and allow God to show us how big he is. We need to be able to get down on our knees and not tell God how big our problem is, but get down on our knees and tell our problem how big our God is. And don't forget where you came from. I came from the one who flung those stars in the sky. And whatever crisis I'm facing, he is my source. He is my reward. He is my redeemer. And he could straighten out the crooked places in my life. I need a right perspective. The second thing that we need, second thing that looking back, 
is this was what it gives us. This is probably my favorite, the one that I need the most. When you look back and say, I'm going to remember where I came from, it brings peace to your mind. It brings peace to your mind. What I struggle with the most in my life, I guess you could even, sometimes you could call it a, a shortcoming, a struggle, a dysfunction. What I struggle with is anxiety. I cannot tell you how many nights I have lost sleep because I am so consumed about what tomorrow is going to bring. Or I'm so consumed with regret because I said the wrong thing or I forgot to do something and, and I'm afraid of, of how other people are going to respond to what I did. And, and, and I don't even know the outcome of it, but I, I'm con- I could be so consumed by it. And, and Jesus, Jesus is so good. Jesus has a prescription for us. He has a prescription for our worry problem. And he talks about it in, in Matthew chapter 6 in the most famous sermon that he ever preached. It was the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and Jesus, in this sermon, he talks about all these major sins. He talks about murder. He talks about adultery. He talks about lust. He talks about gossip. He talks about being too judgmental. He deals with all of this. But right in the middle, he talks about worry. Because worry can destroy your life just as much as any of those other sins can. And and this is what what Jesus says. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse something. What is it? 25. Nailed it. There it is. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Now BT Dub, he doesn't say don't think about it. All right, because someone will say, I, I like that scripture. Don't worry about what you eat or drink. You know, give, give me a, a, a supersize me on that one. No, it doesn't say that. It says, don't be, worry me, don't be consumed by it. Don't be driven by it. Don't, don't, don't be uh, completely paralyzed by, by these things. And, and don't be consumed and allow them to control you. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than these? Can any one of you worry and add a single day to your life? Remember your source. I thought about it like this. Work, but don't worry. Because worry don't work. I know it's bad grammar, but it's good theology. You know, work, but don't worry. I could even be like a song. Work, but don't worry, because worry don't work. How do you like that? You, you like that? You think we could do something with that, Nicole? Work, but don't worry, because worry don't. That's right. Man, put your hands together and give your pastor some love. Coming up with, with greatest hits up here. Worry. Don't work. And some of you, I, I, I mean, this is funny. The reason why we get wrinkles is why? We worry. And then we, we, we got to go pay money to get our wrinkles fixed. Man, the, the Bible's got spiritual Botox right there. Matthew chapter 6. Get a shot of that in your forehead, why don't you? And, and realize, don't worry about tomorrow. It's not going to do anything for you today except give you wrinkles and high blood pressure. Don't have to go to the doctor. Just go to Dr. Jesus. 
We, we, might, we might have a you know, sign up for a spiritual Botox line. Might, might even bring some, some butts in the seats. Come to Shore Christian Church. We got spiritual Botox every Sunday morning, 8.30, 10 a.m. and 11.30. Say preach, pastor. That's right. Don't worry. This is something I need. This is something I struggle with. Diamond was, was telling everybody uh, last Sunday about what, what we dealt with with, with Dewey. And uh, he had to go back in for another procedure because he wasn't, he wasn't pooping. And uh, truth be told, Diamond was much more worried than I was. Because I'm closer to God than Diamond is. So we got to pray for her, you know. She's, you know, backsliding and stuff, you know. Uh, but, but, I mean, seriously, we, we, were, we were really worried uh, because he, he had gone, like, like it, was, it was like three, three weeks without pooping. And and um, that, that was something when he was born that the doctors were concerned with. So we had to go back under and, and, and Diamond uh, shared this past uh, uh, Sunday, last Sunday, that when they went in, they found that there was, <laughs> there was nothing wrong with him. And, and it, it was just constipated like the rest of us. And, and man, we threw some Miralax in there. And man, he is pooping like Mount Vesuvius now. It is freaking awesome. And I'm like, yeah, baby. You know, it was in there the whole time. We didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but, but worry don't work. And I'm telling you that it is just a matter of time before you, you get so stressed out, you end up hurting other people that you love because you're allowing worry to consume you. Why do we worry? I, I feel like the reason one of us, all of us worry is because we lose our connection to the source. We lose our connection to the source. This is the piano. Um, you want to see my, my, my C-roll? Anybody? Right, right, this is the C-roll right here. Ready? I know. There's a weak applause. It's not very that impressive. So I, I, but you know what's great? You, you take this and you unplug it from the source. Doesn't matter if you're Julia or Pastor Isaac. Doesn't matter how hard you work. Doesn't matter how much you pour into it. When you're not connected to the source, it won't work. You won't get out of it what it is meant to produce. And that is the same with your heavenly father. That if you're not connected to your source, you'll never be able to produce what God put inside of you. And that leads me to my, my last point is when you look back at where you came from, number three, it brings you back to your rightful place. Brings you back to your rightful place. We talked about the most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. What I'm going to tell you now is probably the most famous story that Jesus ever told. And it's the story of, of the prodigal son. And it's a story that Jesus told because these religious Pharisees wanted to know why he was hanging out with bad people, why he was hanging out with sinners, why he was hanging out with drunkards and tax collectors and adulterers. And, 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 and Jesus said, all right, let me tell you a story. And, and a lot of times people will say things like, like, there's so many hypocrites in church. Like, duh. Like Jesus said, I came for the sick, not the well. Like, who's going to complain? Oh my gosh, there's so many sick people at Jersey Shore Medical place isn't doing a very good job. Like, come on. This is what you say. Next time anyone says uh, uh, too many hypocrites in church, just say, we got room for one more. Come on over. 
We got a seat right, right, right for you, all right? 10 a.m. service. I got you, brother. You know, so that's what Jesus is dealing with, people who wanted to know why he hung out with bad people. And so Jesus says, let me tell you a story. And it's a story of, of a son. A story of a son who, who had a connection with a father. And his father was his source. His father, everything he needed, his father gave him. If he needed to eat, his father gave it to him. If he, he, he needed clothes, his dad gave it to him. And then, then he, he wanted the stuff more than he wanted the source. And he said, God, Dad, dad I want you to give me all my stuff, and I'm, I'm going to go. I, I, I want to get out from underneath your house, and, and I, I want to go do my own thing. Give me my stuff. See, he, he forsook the source for the stuff. And when he did that, he went out someplace we could just call it like Amsterdam or Vegas or you know wherever crazy people go Seaside Heights God bless I'm sorry there's people here that live in Seaside Heights I don't mean to throw you under the bus there but I kind of did throw you under the bus there uh, but he he went to one of those places and and took everything that he had and and, and he, he lost it all he lost all his stuff it, it dried up there was a famine in the land and and he lost everything that he had and and in that moment he he got a job working uh, at a garbage dump just feeding pigs and animals and and he got so hungry that he would eat the food that the animals left over he was that desperate he was that broken and but you know what what's amazing is sometimes that's what it takes for us isn't it isn't it so sad that many times it takes us to get down to nothing before we come to our senses and realize how good we had it in our father's house? And, and finally, this, this young man was, was in this place, and, and he came to his senses, and he, and he said, my gosh, even the servants at dad's house had it better than me. Maybe I should go back to dad's house. And, and I know that you've heard this story so many times, but hear it in a different way. Try and realize that this is what happens when you lose your connection to the source. It's just a matter of time before you are starving, starving for attention, starving for approval, starving to fulfill your desire and your pleasures and you will go in the dirtiest of places to do so because you've lost your connection to the source but he, he says I had it good at my father's house and and he says I'm going to go back to to my father's house and and he writes a, a little note God I've sinned against heaven and against uh, you please make me one of your hired servants I'm not even worthy to be called your son and he writes this letter and he goes back to dad's house and when, when his father sees him a far way off this is amazing this is what happens every single Sunday Sunday morning when the gospel is preached and this, this father sees his son and he runs after him and he puts a, a coat around him and puts a ring on his finger and puts sandals on his feet and, and he says that this is my son who was dead and is now alive. He was lost, but now he is found. And, and all of a sudden when he got reconnected to the source, everything he lost came back to him. But he wasn't dead, right? I mean, he wasn't dead. That's what the scripture says. My son was dead, but now he's alive. What's, what's Jesus trying to articulate to us? See, in the very beginning of the sermon, I told you in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, that when God spoke to the, the, the land, the trees produced. God spoke to the source, and, and the, the plants were produced. When God spoke to the water, the fish came forth. When God spoke to the source, what came forth was the fish. But when God looked at you, Dave, he didn't speak to the land. He didn't speak to the water. He spoke to himself. Let us make man in my own image because God 
is our source. You didn't come from land. You didn't come from the sea. You came from God. So this is what happens. If you take a flower and you rip it up out of the ground, it's just a matter of time before that flower withers and dies. You go check out your roses from last Valentine's Day, Sherry. They're not alive anymore. Maybe you didn't get them. If not, I'm sorry for offending you. Because it's just a matter of time before they shrivel up and die. If you take a fish, if you take a tuna, which I could have done, and go took a tuna out of the water and put it on this platform, they'd be calling PETA and all sorts of things on it. I didn't want that kind of attention. But if I did, that fish, it would just flop around for a couple minutes, and then what would happen? It would die because you took it out of the source. You took it out of the water. And the same is true for me and you, that if you take me out, of my father if you take me away from my source it is just a matter of time before I shrivel up and die spiritually and you wonder why you still struggle so much you wonder why you're so worried constantly it's because you've lost your connection to the source you've lost your connection to God but the good news is you could come home whenever you want you could find your connection again and this young man he came home and he got back everything that he lost when you find your connection it brings you to your rightful place and I need to be home again I need to I need to come home don't look at them look at me ADD church God bless you This is what, what I want to close with. Talked about, don't forget where you came from. And a lot of times, Val, when we think about where we came from, like kind of like what Diamond was saying, like she didn't come from much. So I look back and, and that can be encouraging to a point. That, that man, look how far I've come, praise God. I'm not who I used to be. But that's not where you came from. Anybody notice that big Bible back there? That reminds you of like, like Catholic church? Yeah. Just wanted to bring it to exercise some of the demons. No, I'm kidding. I do, I'm totally kidding. Um, no, this, this actually is, is mine. This is, it's really heavy. <clears throat> this is, the Friedel Family Bible. And it was uh, first bought by my great-great-great-grandpa, James Friedel, in 1856. And, and every time a new generation came, you, you see the signature and, and, and there's the, the date. And, and like, this is... The kids looked at it, and they just looked at it, and they, this is what they said to me. Dad, that looks like the most boring Bible I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and, and I remember my dad, uh, we, were, we were going through his library when he was alive, and I came across this, and he's like, son, I got to show this to you. And he brings it over to me, and he says, this is our, our, our Friedel family Bible. And, and he took me to that page and was showing me all of our ancestors. James Friedel, uh, his, his great-grandfather, the original George Dewey Friedel Sr. 
and, and this is what my dad told me. He said, he said, son, we didn't come from, from much money. But what we have, we have a legacy. This is our legacy of farmers and preachers. That's what the Friedels are. We're farmers and we're preachers. I got the, the preaching gene. I did not get the farming gene. And, and my dad said, and everything that they have, we have. Because that's your lineage. And, and son, there are so many stored up generational blessings that are going to be passed down to you. Because this is your lineage. Do you know that you could store up a blessing not just for you, but for your children and your children's children and your brothers and your sisters and the next generation? That, that those prayers don't ever have an expiration date. That the prayers that my father prayed for me just because he died and went to heaven, the prayers still remain alive. That's how powerful it is. But this is what I thought because I'm not, I'm not really a Ferdell. I don't really even know. Actually, I do know. I did Ancestry.com because I'm, I'm adopted. Some of you might, may not know. I'm adopted. I, I'm the only Ferdell with blonde hair. And, and I did Ancestry.com. I'm 20% Japanese. I thought that was pretty cool. It's like, my people, what's up? Sushi, hook me up. <laughs> 20%, not bad, you know. <laughs> but, but like, my, I'm, I'm not a Friedel, Dad. That's not my lineage. That's, that's not where I came from. I don't even know where I came from. I could have come from a family full of just divorced and and, 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 and premarital pre babies and, and addiction and just, just all, all this dysfunction. I, I could have come from all of that. I, I don't even know where I came from. I didn't come from preachers and farmers like you, Dad. And my dad opened up the Bible and he said, Son, I want to show you something. And he opened up, this is a picture of the Bible where, where my dad brought me, highlighted it. And it's Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 having foreordained us unto adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ unto himself according to the good pleasure of his will. My dad said, you have a legacy far beyond what you could even imagine, Isaac. And, and on this earth, even though you're adopted into my family physically, son, everything I have, you have. Every blessing God has given me, you have, son. That it, just because you're not my blood doesn't mean you're not my son. Don't forget where you came from. You came from me. Everything I have, you have. And don't ever be out there on your own, even when you're, you're living crazy like, like, like I went through that season. If I ever needed anything, my father was there. My father was there for me. And in the same way, your heavenly Father is right there for you every step of the way. Once you ju just come home, everything He has, you have. If you need love, He has it. If you need healing, He has it. You need compassion, He has it. He's your Father. Don't forget where you came from. And I have time. I want to tell this one last story. I did not tell this in the first service. Lord just literally brought this on my spirit. It's a true story of a, of a family that was going to a conference, a pastor's conference in Tennessee. They didn't know the area too well at all. And they went to this conference and they were 
looking to get lunch, and so they found this little diner in Tennessee. And the family, they got their kids there. It's like one of those real country diners. And they get there, and uh, they don't know what to order, so the, the waitress comes over, and they, they order, you know, what's your, your special? What's your soup of the day? It's the soup du jour. I'll have that. That They didn't say that. That's from Dumb and Dumber. That was my ad lib. Uh, but they ordered their food, and then there was this guy that was going to every table, like introducing himself, saying hi to everybody, like real nice southern country guy, like you know the type. And he gets to that table, and, and uh, he's like, hey, folks, how you doing? And they're like, good. He's like, what brings you to Tennessee? They said, oh, we're going to a pastor's conference in, uh, in town here. And uh, the, the man that was going to the table says, oh, you know, that's amazing. When I was young, a pastor impacted my life in such a powerful way. I could never forget it. And he began to tell him a story from his life. He said, when I was young, uh, I didn't have a father growing up. I never met him. I never knew him. And growing up, I had kind of a complex about it. People would make fun of me. People would say, where's your dad? I'd go to baseball games and my dad would never be there. And I started to develop a complex about it. And, and I would always sit in the back of the room and I would always become real shy and, and sometimes I would outburst just to get attention. He said, but my grandmother took me to this one church. There was a new pastor in town and we would sit in the back. He said, the third service I went to, this is one of the old churches where as you were leaving, the pastor would, would greet everybody as they were leaving. He said, as I was leaving, the pastor shook my hand and looked at me and said, I know who your father is. And the man said, I, I perked up, I got real excited. And he leaned down and whispered in my ear, he said, your father is God, and he's the greatest father that you could ever have. And the man, as he's telling the story, says, I don't know what it was, but from that point on, I began to look at God as my father, and God has been good to me. And he walked off. The couple, as they're beginning to, to check out, they, they said to the person that they're paying their bill with, who was that man? Who, who was that man? And they said, you don't know who that man was? That's Dennis Hooper, the two-time governor of Tennessee. He's one of the most philanthropic men of all this city. He's given millions to the poor. He's an incredible man. But somebody had to tell him that he had a father in heaven that loved him, that he had a, a, a good legacy that he had, couldn't forget where he came from. And when he began to align that with his mentality, he was able to fulfill his destiny and his purpose. And I don't know who that story was for, but that was for somebody. Let's just bow our heads right now. Lord, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. We thank you that you are our source. Father, I pray that we will not forget where we came from. God, that we came from you. You are our inheritance. You are our legacy. No matter what dysfunction is in our physical family, no matter what lineage of sin that we have, God, I'm going to start to look at you as my source, you as my inheritance, God. I'm going to change my perspective. I'm going to come out of the tent. I'm not going to stare at my problem inside of, 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 of this tent any longer where it looks so big, but I'm going to come outside of my tent and realize how big my God is. And God, I'm going to 
begin to allow your peace to come in my heart so worry and anxiety don't dominate my life, Lord God. I thank you that you are my source and I am not going to forget where I came from. And God, this morning, I pray that I will be reconnected with you. Connect me back into your, your source, Lord God, where freedom can flow, where confidence can come back. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.